Let me get into the word. Our first scripture on today comes from Romans chapter 12, and we're actually going to do verse 1 through 21. So this, this entire teaching is the 12th chapter of, of Romans, and it reads, this is Paul. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this age, this world. Do not be conformed. Do not conform to this world. Don't act like them. Don't think like them. Don't do what they do. But instead, he says, but be transformed. Be transformed. Say, be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, you've already been made new when you were in Christ. Because you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Okay, because you are in Christ, you are a new creature. So we're not talking about at the, at the spirit level. The tra this transformation is not happening at the spirit level. It's happening at what level? The mind. We're not getting a new mind. You have a new life that, that is in Christ, which means the person you are has never been in Christ. You are a new creature. They've never seen you or met you. They've never met Marlette in Christ. <laughs> okay. They might know you outside of Christ. But you are a new creature. But what is not new is the, is the mind of Christ. So that needs to be renewed. Come on. Your insurance ever went out and you had to renew it. You didn't get new insurance. So the teaching and the preaching of the gospel is to remind you. The Holy Spirit does what? Remind you you are in Christ. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. You are God's child. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are the righteousness of God. You are, the, you are his elect. If you hear in the spirit, that's what you hear. Anything other than that, that's demonic conversation. Anything other than that, that's demonic. So he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern. So that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God, of our Heavenly Father. What is good, what is pleasing, what is the perfect will of the kingdom. Then verse 3, this is Paul talking. He says, for by the grace given to me. I tell you among, I, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Now, you're created in Christ. <laughs> now, the thing, the very spirit that created all things is in you. He said, think, stop your thought process right there. Don't elevate yourself above Christ. Don't elevate yourself above the mind of Christ. That's where the demonic kicks in. That's how Satan got removed out of heaven. That's how the Father will remove people from us. 
if you elevate your mind over Christ, over his body, over his children, over his work, over his ways. So he said, I tell everyone, not some of us, everyone, because it ain't you this month, but it could be you next month. <laughs> it wasn't you last year, but it might be you this year. Satan got a way of whispering in your ear and trying to, trying to get you to elevate your mind above the throne of the Father. He said, instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one of us. So individually, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Individually. Amen? Now, the group of sons and daughters with a renewed mind are the ones that make up his body. These are the ones that make up the church. You can't be on the fence. You can't straddle it. A double-minded man is unstable in all, way, all his ways. You either got to have the mind of Christ or you're going to have your mind, which means you're going to be connected to Adam, which means you're going to be able to be used by Satan. So he asks, asks us to don't conform to the world. You see what they do, do opposite. So to transform is to change into a different thing. He predestined you. You are not who he said you are yet. You are becoming like Christ. Mindset. Spiritually, you're already there. You're already a weos, a legitimate child right now, but you don't think like one. So you're here to get your mind worked on. You're here to get taught. Like I told you, I didn't come to teach you. I came to teach the Christ in you. That's what I need to respond because this is the word. The word is Christ. Oh. So we're in our teaching pillar, ministry. We're in our teaching pillar, ministry. Now, our four teaching pillars are relationship, kingdom, the church, and ministry. Ministry is service to the body. That's all ministry is. Ministry is simply servitude. It's service. It's service to the body so the body can serve the world. It's service to the body so the body can serve the world. If you can't serve in the body, you have nothing to offer the world. It's not supposed to be you taking over the world. It's supposed to be us. Us make up his body. You don't make up his body. I don't make up his body. I'm a part of it. So we're in a series called Bodybuilders. Give me your pose. Come on. We bodybuilders. The Bible said that he gave the fivefold ministry to equip the saints to build up the body. And our teaching on today, the title of our message is Transforming His Body. We're transforming his body. So we're going to transform your mind, and in transforming your mind, you're going to fit in the body. 
and the body is going to be transformed into who he said it is. Now, transform is to change into a different thing. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're supposed to be something special. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood. So we're royalty, but not only we royalty, we have the power to unction and, and usher people into the presence of the Father. The Bible says we are a chosen generation. Generation speaks to his descendants, his seed, his progeny, those who are born of him. He said he chose you to do what? To dominate, to rule, to be representatives of his kingdom. That's why everything you do, it matters. Everything that you put in your mind, it matters. Everything that you put before your eyes, it matters. Everything that you put in your mouth, that you put in your ears, it matters. Because information transforms you. That's why he made his son the word. So when it's preached, it would transform you. Around these parts, in this ministry, you should be changing every month, if not every Sunday. Every Sunday, you should be getting better. Every month, you should see obvious growth. Every three months, you should see obvious growth. Every six months, you should see obvious growth. Because you're being transformed. To transform implies a major change in form. Conform, transform, character. It's a major change in character. It's a major change in nature. It's a major change in how we function, what we do with our time now, what we do with our lives. It's a major change. And so in Romans chapter 3, Paul says, for by the grace given to me, he says, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should. So you're supposed to think of yourself at the Christ level as God's child. Ain't nothing greater than that on this planet. <laughs> he says, stay right there. He said, instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of of faith to each one. Now, he has distributed a measure. A measure is an amount placed in or on a person to do a kingdom assignment. A measure speaks to what he filled you with. The gifts, talents, and abilities that he gave you for his kingdom. Come on, you're not smart and exceptional and beautiful. You're not powerful for no reason. That measure was given to you so you can function in his body to build up his body. That's the only reason why we're here. When that plan is over, we gone. <laughs> the only reason we exist on this planet is not to do us. Okay. Say it's not to do me. It's to do Christ. So he's given every one of us a measure, a measure of faith a measure of grace, and a measure of gifts. Now, he's given each one of us a measure of faith, which means each one of us have a different level of trust in the kingdom of God. In Abba's ways, in the spirit realm, in the kingdom of God. 
Some of us, he's given measures of faith to start movements. Some to start ministries. Some to start families. Everybody has the measure to function in the body. Everybody has the measure to cast out a devil. Everybody has that measure. Everybody has the measure to learn. It takes certain measures to, to achieve certain levels of education. It ain't no reason why Dr. Hart, she can go to school. Got five degrees. I don't have that measure of faith in me. I don't have it. I don't have that measure in me to go to school and get five degrees. He didn't put that in me. Because he didn't want me to do that. He placed in you what he wanted you to do. That's why ain't no need for us to get jealous. He gives us measures of grace. Paul said a measure was given to him. So the measure that was given to him was to build the Gentiles, was to introduce them to the Father, was to bring them into the kingdom, was to raise them and nurture them unto children. Because if they're just reading the Torah, <laughs> if they're just reading the Old Testament, all they get is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. All they get is Adonai. In Elohim. But when Paul introduced, he said, this is your father and you are children. It's a spirit of adoption. You're predestined to be his sons and his daughters. Whole different conversation. It's a restoration to the spiritual life. And so everybody has a different grace on them. The grace is the ability given to us to minister or serve and build in the body of Christ. Everybody has a different measure. Everybody don't have an apostolic measure. Everybody doesn't have a prophetic measure. But everybody has a measure. He has put something in you. It's the reason why you love grabbing that camera. And I don't. <laughs> the measure is in you. It's the reason why somebody would take this, th this, this stage and they would sing. And y'all don't want to hear me. It's a measure that has been put in you for his body. I can't cook like Charles. Got two chefs in the house today. What we eating? No. <laughs> I cook the word. Y'all get the food. Then there's measures of gifts. Different measures of gifts. There's the gifts of Christ, and then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of us can have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but all of us can't have the gifts of Christ. The gifts of Christ are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, the watchman. Everybody can't be that. That's a specific call to operate and function. It's a governmental call. It's an administrative call. There's other administrative calls, the gifts of help. What they're doing with the teen church, what they're doing with the children's church, those are gifts of administrations. But then you have the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, miracles, gifts of healings. 
all of us. The Bible says you should earn, you should want all of those gifts. Those gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. So you have gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit, and then you have gifts that are given by Christ. The Holy Spirit can't make you an apostle. <laughs> you either born it or you're not one. The Holy Spirit can't make you a prophet. You can be prophetic. You can operate in the gift, but you can't teach the office. You don't have the office, so you can't build the culture. The measure isn't in you. That's why the Bible says, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Do all speak in tongues? Verse 4 says, now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. So everybody in here has a body, and your body parts don't have the same function. You don't smell with your mouth. You don't eat with your eyes. You don't feed your ears food. You don't hear with your mouth. Every body part has a different function. What you do with your arms and your hands is totally different than what you do with your legs and your feet. Every body part has a different function. So as it is us. We have a different function. Verse 5 says, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we are members of one body. All of us make up the body. All of us make up the body of Christ. Not one person. All of us make up ministry. The spirit don't move like that if all of us ain't worshiping. We need all of us to do this. Just like you need all your limbs. <laughs> if your body is going to function, you need all your limbs. Without your limbs, you're called handicapped. It's things you can't do. If you don't have legs, it's things you can't do if you don't have hands. If you have one arm, there's things you can't do. Same way with the body of Christ. It's certain things we can't do in the community without your gift, without your measure. That's why practicing righteousness matters. Because he says individually that we are members of one another. So let's just say it like this. One of y'all could be the arm, one of y'all the, the joint and the elbow, and, one, and some of y'all the fingers. So if y'all don't, don't operate together, you can pick up nothing. The Bible says every joint supplies. Every joint. Your elbows has joints. Your wrists. <laughs> every joint supplies. If one of these lock up, I can do nothing. I'm limited. This is the body of Christ. We're limited to what we can do. That's why your prayer life matters. When you don't pray, you weaken the body. Uh-oh. 
Y'all with me? Come back. Come home. When you don't fast, you weaken the body. We only as strong as our weakest link. We can't race if, if with, one, with one leg. <laughs> we can only go so far. We can only carry so much with one leg. But when the whole body functions, we can take away nothing we can do. So this is what Paul is trying to do. That's why I say it is adamant. And I am going to be adamant about teaching and preaching and making sure that you know that your spirit no longer lives there, but that is Christ now. You're now God's child. You ain't, you're not your parents' children. <laughs> your parents are the child of that flesh. God is the, your, your parents are the, the parents of that flesh. But God is the father of your spirit. He's fathering your spirit. So you no longer do what you want to do. You do what he tells you to do. He gave you a predestined purpose. The Bible says you can, you can keep your life or you can lose it. But if you keep your life, you lose the one the father has for you. If you lose your life, then you get the life that he has for you. So I can take McKinley and do whatever I want to do with McKinley. McKinley can be a pimp. McKinley can do whatever he want to do in life. Negative, positive. I can be a banker. I can do whatever I want to do with my life. But once I give it to him, it's apostle. <laughs> I don't have a choice. I have to be here on Sunday. I have to be on Wednesday. During the week, I have to study. And that's why some of y'all are not taking prayer serious because you don't have an assignment because you don't know who you are. When you see your assignment, your prayer life going to matter because you're going to want to be equipped. You're going to want to be powerful in it. You're going to want to be strong in it. But if you don't know, there's no need to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But once you know, now I got to kill anything that's stopping it. That's when dominion kick in. Dominion won't kick in till you know who you are in Christ. You're going to be fragile. You're going to be frail. You're going to run. You're going to worry about what people thinking. Why? Because you're still stuck in who you are. But once, you, once your mind shifts to the mind of Christ, you can only do what the Father tells you to do. And you will lose friends. You will lose family. It don't matter. <laughs> I can love you from a distance. But I got to please my father. How many times have you read in the gospel, Jesus said, it ain't my time yet. You can go do what you want to do. You ain't got no call. His brothers and sisters told him, you should be, look at what's on you. Look at the anointing. Look at the miracles. Surely you should go be famous. No, <laughs> I don't think so. They said they're going to Jerusalem. Paul, Jesus said, y'all go ahead. I'll be there in a couple days. I'm under instructions. I have an assignment. I can't move like I want to. I can't get up when I want to get up in the morning. I can't just walk and go to places that I want to go. Now I have to move according to what? The Christ in me. Verse 6 says, according to the grace given to us. Now, first he said the grace given to me. Now he said the grace given to us. He says, we have different gifts. We have different gifts. 
if prophecy, use it according to the portion, proportion of your faith. So if you're called to prophesy, use that to, to, according to the allotted amount of faith that was given to you. Verse 7 says, if service, use it in service. Whatever he's called you to do, whatever administration, wherever he calls you to fit in the body, wherever he called you to serve, that grace has been placed on you, serve. He said, if teaching, in teaching. If you're called to teach, you better be studying to teach. You better be in preparation because whatever you got to give is going to affect the body. Whatever you don't give is either one or two things have to happen. I need you to hear me. Either one or two things have to happen. Either you're going to allow him to use you or he's going to put it on somebody else. Your future bright, but he ain't going to wait on you. All right. Verse 8, if exhorting in exhortation. I love when Pastor Kirby and Serena, and they exhort. That's what they do. It's a gift placed on them. We're the body. That's what we're here to do. Somebody come up here and they pray. Then somebody come up here and sing. Come on, we're just talking about the order of service. Then somebody come up here and, 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 and exhort. Then somebody take up the communion. This is the body at function, working. Then somebody teaches the word. Come on, then afterwards, I'm going to hand it off to somebody. They're going to they uh, do the benediction. What we do, we're working as a body. If you're not up here, you're cooperating, you're in support. While somebody's teaching the teen, somebody's teaching the children, somebody back there preparing food, they running the media. Whatever you're called to do, do your part if service. And that's the other reason why there should be no jealousy. We're all, we're all supermen. <laughs> we're all superheroes. Christ is the most powerful thing in the universe. Christ is the most powerful thing in time and space. He's, he's, he's the most powerful thing in time and space. And he's so powerful that he's the only thing that's leaving time and space and going into eternity. He's the only thing that's leaving time and space and going into eternity. If he ain't being built in you, there is no eternal life. If exhorting in exhortation, giving, do over generosity. If it's leading, do it with diligence. If it's showing mercy, do it with cheerfulness. This is how we function as a body. But why is Paul teaching this? He's teaching them this so that they can transform from being a body of flesh. Because what you have to understand about the Roman church is that the Roman church was not yet a church. They were trying to get equated and become the church. So he's telling them, this is what you have to do to be, a, to be a, 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 the body of Christ. 
This is what you have to, this is what we have to be to operate in earth. The days are gone when it's a powerful man of God and a bunch of people. This ministry would not be that. We will operate equally. We can't operate equally in office. We can't operate, operate equally in grace. But because Christ is in us, we can operate equally in anointing. The Holy Spirit can sit on you, can cleanse you, can rest on you at the same capacity. He's trying to build a body. He's trying to build a team. The body is the family of God. Everybody in the family has a different position. Everybody can't be a father. Everybody can't be a mother in a family. Ephesians 4 and 4 says this. There is one body and one spirit. So there ain't two bodies and two spirits. There's one body of Christ. We're a part of the, the universal body of Christ. But there's one body. There's one spirit. If there's one spirit, then that means there's one conversation. <laughs> he says, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. What's that one hope? Build up the body of Christ. You may do it different than me, but we're building up the body of Christ. The evangelist may do it different than a watchman, but we're all building the body of Christ. The prophet might do it different than the apostle, but we're all building up the body of Christ. The helps might do it different than special forces, but we're all here to do what? Build up the body of Christ. This is the one hope of our calling. It's to build his body, not to build your name, not to build your kingdom, not to build, watch this, your ministry. It's one ministry. Now, in this ministry, your ministry might become powerful and people might recognize it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it should be because you were serving in the body. Watch this. The body will advertise you. The body will advertise you. If you're great at what you do, we'll, we'll, we will advertise you. That's why he puts you in the family. If your book good, we going to advertise it. Your food good, we going to advertise you. Whatever you do, your painting's good, we going to advertise you. You just do the measure that he placed in you. Because it's one body, one spirit, just as you were called. To one hope at your calling, there's one Lord. So we're all growing into one. There's one faith. So there's one belief system. <laughs> there ain't two belief systems. There's one. There's one baptism, which means we're all been. The, the Father doesn't want to baptize just me in the Spirit. He don't want to just baptize you in the Spirit. He want to baptize the body. <laughs> He wants to baptize the body in the spirit. He wants the presence resting on you individually, but it's for the corporate purpose. I told you that when, when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is an earnest payment, that Greek word, erabona, means engagement ring. 
when you place an engagement ring on a woman's finger, her, her vision changes. Come on. <laughs> her vision changes. She starts to see the life she's about to live. She sees herself connected. She now has access to your stuff. I'm going to hit you right here. She now has access to your family. Where my daughter-in-law at? <laughs> Baby, he do anything to you, tell me. you like, mama, be quiet. No, you engaged. <laughs> she a part of the family. She eat what she wanted with the barbecue now. So he's trying, it's one baptism, which means when we're baptized in the spirit, we shall all hear one kingdom. I told you the baptism of the spirit is not just a spirit. He didn't just drop a piece of some water on you. He didn't just drop the spirit on you. He immersed you in presence. The Bible said he poured his spirit out on all flesh. You didn't just get it. It's poured out on all flesh. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 10 that as, Paul, as Peter was teaching, the Holy Spirit fell on all those that heard. So you can be in our presence and not get the pouring. You could be here and not get poured on. You can be in worship, but because you're not in Christ, the Holy Spirit is doing two different things. If you're a son or you're a daughter, it's revealing Christ. It's teaching, leading, guiding, instructing. It's reminding you, lift your hands. <laughs> Cry out. It's revealing Christ to you. This is who you are. If you're not in Christ, it's convicting you <laughs> of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So when the Spirit is poured out, we shall all hear the same. Verse 6 says there's one God. There ain't two. There's one God. Everything, every, everybody else comes from him. There's one God. When we talk about one, one is we're not even talking about numerically. We're talking about unified. We're talking about everything with his DNA. <laughs> Is one God. Every God that has his DNA is a part of that one God. Come on, I'm a father. Everybody that got my DNA going home with me. Okay, if you, if you ain't married to me or you don't have my DNA, we're going to go separate ways. That's what's going to happen when, he come, when Jesus come back. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear that. Everything that has my DNA or I'm married to, is going home with me when I leave. That's the same thing that's going to happen when Christ returns. Everything on this planet that does not have his DNA will not come home with him. So it's one God and Father of all. He's the creator of everything. And the scripture says he is above all, he is through all, and he is in all. That's oneness. 
The best example I can give you of one is, and I've heard some crazy ones. You know, since you've seen the egg, the shelled. No, that's not it. Okay. The oneness is, let's say I have a one pen. That's numerically one. But if you give me a box with 250 of those same pens, it's still one pen. That's what oneness is in the spirit. In the natural, oneness is one. It can't be, no, it can't be two. But in the spirit, oneness is accord. There's only one God, but Jesus was God. <laughs> Hold on. Christ is in all of us. So when he's talking about the oneness of him, he's talking about everything that has his DNA that look like him, that act like him, that respond like him. Come on. Now, this is how we know we hear in the spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. This is how we know we hear in the spirit or we are being led by the spirit. Now, these next scriptures I'm about to read, I'm going to help you. This is the conversation from heaven to earth, from the head to the body, from the father to his children. Now, what I'm about to read is not condemning, but correction and conviction for kingdom culture. Our whole purpose of doing this, being here, is to establish his name. That's why Jesus said, he said, when I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Swords divide. He said, some, I came to some sons and fathers, I'm going to break them apart. Because one going to want to be in Christ and one not going to want to be in Christ. And I'm coming for the one that wants to be in Christ. The one who wants to be in Christ is to keep the kingdom culture. Because you are a representative in earth, in earth. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove. Prove. Study to show yourself approved. So that you can prove. You have to have some proof. It should be in your actions. It should be in your reactions. It should be in the way that you think. It should be in your heart. If you don't have a heart for giving, that's not the Father's heart. If you don't have a heart to love, he is love. Come on. <laughs> you cannot be in him in love. You cannot say, I'm a, I'm a part of this family and not love. Okay. Y'all need proof. That's what I like about this church. Y'all don't just take what people say. Y'all need proof, right? All right. Let's test our ears. Verse 9. This is the kingdom conversation. This is the creed. Verse 9 through 21 should be our creed. Love. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. This is what you hear in the spirit. This is what the spirit realm is saying to the church. Verse 10, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. 
Come on, we transforming the body. Outdo one another in showing honor. We ain't got to compete. If there's going to be a competition, I'm going to outdo you in honor. <laughs> they disrespected you? Did you lose it? Yep, I didn't. <laughs> We're going to do this in honor. You don't like me? I love you. All right, let's keep going. Do not lack diligence in zeal, in ministry, in service. Be fervent in the spirit, not in the flesh. This is what the spirit realm is telling you. This is how you know you hear the Holy Spirit. It's telling you, do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. How do you serve the Lord? By serving his body. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in afflictions. You know when you're going through stuff, this is what the Spirit is saying. Be patient. Be persistent in prayer. This is what the Spirit is saying. Be persistent in prayer. I know you're going through some stuff, but be persistent. Be consistent. Don't let up. Continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> there ain't no spirit realm. There's no kingdom of God in which you get up in the morning and the spirit, Holy Spirit say, you ain't got to pray today. <laughs> there ain't no spirit realm, no, no, no conversation in spirit that says, oh, you ain't got to serve. <laughs> Don't be diligent. Are we getting better? Come on. His son, is. this is the word. This is logos. This is conversation from heaven. This is right from his household. Mm. Verse 13. Share with the saints in their needs. This is one of the reasons why we take up offering. Because the saints need stuff. The body needs help sometimes. Some people in the body need help. So the spirit is saying, share with the saints in their needs. He's blessing you so you can say, what do you need? You can talk about their clothes, but you can't, go you can't take them shopping. That ain't the spirit. You see they are without and you got it. Your flesh say keep it. You don't know when you might get some more. The spirit said give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall other men give into your bosom. <laughs> share with the saints in their needs not they won't but if you want to bless them bless them pursue hospitality open your door feed somebody you got a lot of rooms in your house whatever 
help somebody. Pursue hospitality. Open your door. Feed somebody. Give somebody something to drink. They hungry. You got food. Pursue hospitality. Look where you can be hospitable. The Bible says that he who lends, who he who gives to the poor, lends to the Lord, and he will repay you. Come on. How is it to have God owe you? Come on. If you had a father owe you, I owe you, son. I see what you're doing, son. I owe you. <laughs> Come on. You got some IOUs from heaven. I see what you've been doing. I told you, when I went to Wisconsin, Apostle Wiles laid hands on me. And it's like, look, if it was COVID season, I'd have had a problem with this. He laid hands on me. He said, I see what you've been doing in every man's ministry. He said, God sees what you've been doing in every man's ministry. And he blew into my mouth. The breath of God. I, look, I, I feel what you said. This is spiritual. But he said, he said, I see what you're doing for other people. He sees that. He sees what you're doing for other people. After I went through the labor with my wife for her doctor degree, y'all don't know what that is. Y'all have no idea what it is like to labor with a spouse for the, the person who's getting a doctor degree going through stuff. But the family is suffering too. They said at the graduations, they, they, they should give both spouses a degree. No, that is how, that is how strenuous it is. But after she did her doctorate degree, she came to me and said, the father said, because of the way you labor with me, I've now given you a doctorate in the spirit. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. But do it anyway. Be hospitable. Bless people. Verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Uh-oh. So find a person who persecute you and bless them. It's going to take some growing. I know. I know it's going to take some growing to do that. The scripture says, bless them and do not curse them. So don't wish harm to them because you are a child of God. You have the power to do so. Because you are a child of God, you have the power to curse people. Just like you have the power to bless people. The Pharisees didn't like it. Who are you to forgive sin? He said, the son of man can forgive sins on earth. Paul said, when you see them, forgive them. And when you forgive them, I forgive them. All oh, this spirit realm stuff, this stuff you can't see, you got to understand that world. You got to understand how that world works. You got to know who you're talking to. They got to know who they're talking to. But you got to know that you have to understand that that's why Jesus said and Stephen said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. What did he do? He blessed them. Father, forgive them. They just spit in my face. Ooh. They put the crown of thorns and they made sure blood came down his face. They beat his back until it turned to ground beef. They hit him while he was carrying the cross. They mocked him on the cross. You helped everybody else. <laughs> Why you can't help yourself? And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Because I can call a legion of angels right now and wipe them out. 
So he said, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. So while they rejoice and don't be jealous and hating, rejoice with them. You next. <laughs> I know they got what you wanted and you thought you deserved it, but maybe he gave it to them so he could build their confidence. Rejoice with them. Well, maybe he gave it to them to see what your heart was. I'm going to bless everybody around you to see, can you rejoice? I'm going to give them another level of anointing to see if you can surrender and submit to it because you next. <laughs> I'm going to give you revelation. I'm going to give somebody revelation. If you can adhere to it and sit under it, you next. So rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. While they're weeping, don't be happy. You're just happy they're going through something. They think they all that anyway. I'm good. Well, what does that do? It opens the door for things to come into your life, and you will be the next one weeping. <laughs> I'm telling you what the spirit realm looks like. This is what the spirit is telling us. Because I told you the Holy Spirit is more than just a spirit. It is an inner realm connection. When you are in the spirit, you hear in eternity. That's why he told you to have your mind set on heavenly things. Don't be, etern be eternal thinking, not temporal. When you're a temporal thinker, you're in the flesh because you only worry about things that will soon expire. But when you're an eternal thinker, you're thinking beyond your flesh. I don't need that. That don't make a difference. I ain't going to be here long enough for that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not my thought process is not build a bank account for earth okay you can't take money with you now get your bag I'm not saying don't get money I want money too <laughs> pay your tithes and offering okay I'm not saying don't get the money but I'm telling you it's temporal when we leave this place, the father ain't checking bank accounts. He's not checking your earthly status. It don't matter what man think about you on earth. He ain't looking for a blue check. Y'all know. All right. Okay. Y'all say keep moving. All right. Verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Stop being disgruntled. Stop complaining about everything. Live in harmony. Unity. It's a body. It's a family. We can fuss and fight amongst one another, but they are, they're not going to do it. <laughs> you get me? We can fight amongst each other, but they're not going to mess with y'all out there. You feel me? That's how family operate. You can talk. I can argue and fight with my brother, but you put your hands on them. You get the business. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Don't have pride. This is the spirit realm speaking. This is the conversation from heaven. Do not be proud. Do not be filled with pride. Instead, associate with the humble. Be low. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Don't advance your intelligence above everybody else. 
That's about your estimation. I had somebody tell me one day, they said, um, oh, I was hanging out with these brothers, and these are some of the most intelligent men that I've ever met, and, and, and you should come and sit with us because God, woo, 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 woo. I said, did God say that? Oh, no, no. So God didn't say y'all, they was intelligent. They got their degrees. They accumulated information. And they became wise by their own estimation. They made themselves someone everybody should listen to. Everybody should listen to me. Anytime somebody give me information, I want to know what body did that change. <laughs> you got that? Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. That's why Jesus said, if they slap you on one side, give them the other. Don't repay a slap. We growing. We ain't there yet. Okay? Can I block it? You know, <laughs> can I counter flip, you know, hip flip or something? <laughs> I didn't hit them back. <laughs> can I muff them? Okay. <laughs> They talk about you, don't talk about them back. It's a test. The Spirit is allowing things to happen to you to see where you are. The Spirit is allowing things to happen to you so, cause it, cause, to see where you are because it's trying to promote you. It's trying to elevate you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. In order to humble yourself, you're going to be tested. Trials and tribulations, people are going to do stuff to you. And you got to have a, a lens to where you ain't worried about what everybody else around you looking at. Oh, he a punk. He going to let them talk to him like that? Look, y'all, in the flesh, can't nobody whoop me. I don't care who you are. Floyd Mayweather, I don't care who you are. In the flesh, can't nobody whoop me. That's just how I feel. I throw hands with anybody, any size. I don't care. In the flesh, I'm, who wants some? It's real talk. I'd knuckle up with anybody. But in the spirit, you can say what you want to say about me. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't moving. I ain't going to do nothing about it. I'd be a punk. I'd be a chump. I'd be weak. Because <laughs> I ain't worried about people watching me. Heaven see my every move, my every, my every thought. He ain't, saying, he ain't saying McKinley corrected at the level when you used to slap somebody. No, corrected in your mind. Corrected in your mind. Don't waste a second arguing with them. Close the door. Hang up the phone. Keep it moving. Because it's a test. Only time y'all will see me say something is if it's affecting y'all. <laughs> if it ain't affecting, it, it, it's not going to affect me, but it's if, if it's affecting y'all, I got to say something. Because by me and the father of this house, no voice will be louder than mine. That's dominion. But you can say what you want to say about me. 
You didn't call me, you can't disqualify me. <laughs> you didn't equip me, you can't take it from me. So the scripture says, do not repay evil for evil. Mm. Give careful thought. Here we go. Y'all ready for this next one? Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. That's a difficult one, ain't it? Not just what's in your eyes, not just what's right in your eyes, in everybody's eyes. Get a Holy Spirit consensus. Well, I'm going to do me. Mm, you in the flesh. <laughs> I mean, that's all we can say, right? Am I helping you? This is what the Spirit is saying. You think you hear the Spirit saying, just do you. <laughs> Don't worry about what the body of Christ thinks. That ain't what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying loud and clear, give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes because this is what mature looks like. You know, you got them family members that say, you be cussing and they be cussing and stuff and you be like, stop cussing. I'm grown. I say what I want to say. Nah. See, grown means I'm looking out for everybody under me. That's what grown means. You might be of age where somebody can't check you, but grown means I'm mature enough to know that somebody's watching me. And whatever I say, whatever I do, however I act or react, I'm teaching. It say I'm a leader. It's my job to lead. So I can't say that, I can't watch that, I can't go there because I got siblings. I got people in the body of Christ. I got a call on my life. I'm a parent. <laughs> so now I have to do things based on how they see it. I got to make decisions based on how, what Javon is looking at. I got to make decisions based on what my daughter's looking at. Not just what I want to do. I got to make decisions based on my wife. Come on, this manhood right here. This is adulthood right here. This is when you a man of God. This is when you a woman of God. It's when you make God decisions based on God's people, based on God's children, based on God's kingdom. If you still only make decisions based on you, it's your kingdom. All right. Thus said the Lord. Verse 18, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Okay. Verse 19, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. Jesus got tired of Paul. 
I'm sorry. Jesus got tired of Saul. Knocked him off his horse. Blinded him. Saul, Saul. What is it, Lord? Why are you persecuting me? <laughs> Why are you persecuting me? But you in heaven at the right hand of the Father. How am I persecuting you? You died on the cross and ascended. How am I persecuting you? You put your hands on my body. How am I persecuting you? You ain't just killing. You think you, you think you working with me. You working against me. That's what Paul thought. That's why he told him you can't kick against the prick. You think you're working for me, but you're actually working against me, and you harming my body. So what you're going to do is you're going to be blind for a season. <laughs> now you need help. Go here. Do this. When they lay hands on the Bible, say the scales fell from his eyes. Most people can't see their destiny because how they treating you. Most people can't see their destiny because how they treat this ministry. You think you're attacking me. You're attacking his body. The most dangerous thing you can do is attack a son of God or a daughter of God that is on assignment. Jesus had to show up. <laughs> he told the disciples. The disciples asked him, he, says, he, he, he said, when you do this for the least, you do it for me. He said, when do we do something for you? When you visit them in jail. When you gave the homeless something to eat. You did that for me. Do not avenge yourself. Instead, leave room for God. Okay? Leave room for God. Which means, if they do you wrong and you initiate it, the beef, you left no room for God. Husbands. <laughs> okay, y'all look at me, one of the women looking at me. <laughs> what are you about to say? <laughs> do what the Father tell you to do. Let him deal with your wife. <laughs> Leave room for him to whoop her. <laughs> wives don't argue with your husband Bible says submit you submit and let God put him in a figure four oh God baby I'm sorry <laughs> God got him in a full Nelson repent to her you know she was right leave room but ladies the moment you blah, 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 ain't no room for him now because the next thing happened, you're going to think your voice did it. <laughs> Bruh, let her do her thing. Because if you tell her to do it, she's going she gonna to quit doing it every time she get mad. But when the father put his hands on her, lovingly, his baby girl, she's going to feel it in her chest. It's going to provoke fear. Not a wrong, a, a, a reverence, 
You know how it is when we were kids and, and, and you said something and, the, and your father showed up and you like, ooh. Verse 20. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. This is the spirit talking. This ain't me. If you got hungry enemies, feed them. If they thirsty, give them something to drink. It's the fun part. In doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on their heads. So brothers, husbands, when she ain't listening, baby girl of the deaf, take her out to eat. Treat her even better than she was before. Because it'll hit her one day and she'll be like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> Come on, ladies, continue to love him while he ignorant and he hard-headed. Because he's going to wake up one day and he's going to be like, I don't deserve a woman like this. Because you don't know your love is pouring hot coals on their head. <laughs> it's burning it out of them. Because the Holy Spirit will remind them. Didn't I tell you to do this? You wrong. So that's in tight-knit relationships. Even with the world. He's letting you know, they're going to do you wrong. You keep on giving. You keep on loving. You keep on helping. And eventually, they'll feel them hot coals on their head. It'll be those hot coals that'll make them repent and come to the Father. Verse 21, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Hold on. To conquer means to hold fast to the faith, even unto death, against the power of your foe, against temptations, and against persecution. So no matter what you're going through, hold fast to the faith. Hold fast to your father's words. One body. If there's one body, there's one head. If there's one head, there's one mouth. If there's one mouth, there's one conversation. It ain't two conversations. That's why you have to understand the precepts of God. The precepts of our Heavenly Father is the things that were on his mind before he opened his mouth. When he opened his mouth, it became a concept. If you don't understand the precepts, you won't understand the concepts. The precepts and the concepts are the Logos word. The Logos word is what the baptism of the Spirit is releasing. It's the culture of the kingdom. The baptism of the Spirit releases a cultural voice that builds communities. That transforms the body. And the body can only be transformed by the kingdom culture. That's why what I want to do on today, I want you to stand. Give me a little volume. But this is what I want to do. Okay? I want you to consider this. How many here born again? 
Raise your hand. Touch the ceiling. Hallelujah. That's everybody. Hallelujah. Even in being born again, when we initially came to Christ, we're going to rededicate. We're going to rededicate ourselves on this premise. When we came to Christ, we were told that we had a Savior. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's what they told us. But that's not why we came to Christ, to have a Savior. He was a Savior before we came to him. We didn't come to him to have a Lord. Jesus died on the cross so that the Father could have children. The born-again process was for you to be God's child. And my fear is when you first accepted him, you didn't accept that. That's not what you accepted. Because you didn't accept that, you didn't accept the fact that you were a child that needed to be raised in his family. You didn't accept the fact that you needed to be in the body to be raised because he's not going to raise you outside the body. He's not stepping outside his body to raise you when he gave the body and he gave the fivefold ministry to do the job. He's not speaking past us to you. And when we originally committed, we didn't commit to sonship. We didn't commit to being adopted and have to have our minds go through that adoption process. We just committed to having a savior and the fact that we didn't want to go to hell and we wanted to go to heaven. And Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can have a seat in heaven after you die. The moment you are born again, heaven is your home. That's why you have to now think according to heaven. Set your mind on heavenly things. Why would he ask us to do something if we only get it when we die? Why does he want us to have an eternal mindset? And my fear is you didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up to be a part of a family. You didn't sign up to be participants in the kingdom. And so my fear is we signed up for a religious thing. We just wanted hell insurance. We did not want to go to hell. So we came to church. We hit rock bottom. So we came to church. We had marital issues, relationship issues, court dates. Come on. Things were not going right in our life. So we now turn to God. But that death on the cross was not even so you could have a relationship with Jesus. The, the death on the cross was so you could have a relationship with the Father. He's a mediator. He's a ransom. He's a propitiation. He's the acceptable uh, sacrifice so the Father can have us back. We are the redeemed ones. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. So we need to rededicate ourselves and get our minds wrapped around what did we really sign up for? Did you sign up for sonship? Do you want to be a son? Do you want to be a daughter? Do you want to be mature in this thing? Do you want to be a part of a body, part of a family? Do you want to be taught? Do you want to be humble? Do you want to represent the kingdom? Do you want to be one that proves what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of your heavenly father? This is what we signed up for.
not just to have a savior. You signed up to be born again, not just born again, born of God. <laughs> not born of the will of man, but you signed up to be born of God. That's why I told you your spirit is Christ. And you got to get your mind wrapped around that. So when you in prayer and you in worship, you got to understand you ain't been there, but your spirit has already been there. Your spirit has already been in heavenly places. It's telling you what to do. The spirit is willing. The spirit want to. The spirit only does what the father says. The spirit wants to pray all night. It's the flesh that want to go to sleep. It's the flesh that wants sex. It's the flesh that wants to eat food. It's the flesh that wants to quit. But your spirit, the Christ in you, wants to rule and reign in this life. Come on. I'm in the scripture. Your spirit wants the word. Your spirit wants to be developed. Your spirit wants to be in church. Your spirit wants to be around the body of Christ. It's your flesh that does not want to. So we need to rededicate ourselves to the thing that the scripture says that belongs to us. We're not just here so we can get a seat in heaven. You are in heavenly places right now with Christ Jesus. Far above every rule, every authority, every power. Not only in this age, but in the one to come. It's an eternal life. An eternal relationship with the Father. That's what Jesus came for. That's why he said worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, the Bible says that Christ is truth. Uh-oh. And he's the spirit. <laughs> so Christ is the spirit. So when it's time to worship, Christ want to lift his hands. When it's time to worship, Christ want to lift his hands. Christ want to cry out more, more. He wants more of his father. He wants more of the spirit. He wants more of presence. The flesh doesn't want to. It's worried about what everybody's looking at. You don't want to cry. Christ wants to cry because he knows only the father understands tear language. You didn't know tears was a language? <laughs> you didn't know tears was a language? It's a whole conversation. That's why Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will. And the next thing he did, he went into cries. The Bible said that he had sweats a drop and tears that looked like blood. The Christ in you wants to live this life. So what did we sign up for? What did you sign up for? Did you sign up to be a son? Did you sign up to be a daughter? Did you sign up to be a new creature in Christ? To be a part of the body? To be a servant in this? Did you sign up to be, have a kingdom assignment? If so, that's what should control you. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Not just to cast out devil, not just to heal, not just to do the spectacular, just the simple things. So I'm going to pray. And we're going to rededicate ourselves.